Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Welcome, welcome. What up? Hey. Doge Queen coming at you. Uh, what is up, people? <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Cheers to that. Cheers. I am not drinking tequila, but. No. No, just up... champagne. Oh, I picked up Fistful of Gummies from uh, Second Chance. We had that, uh, the drum practice turned into kind of a outdoor hang thing. It was pretty nice. Nice. So I took some beer home and I said, I will enjoy that on the next podcast. Nice. Chris, what are you drinking? Are you drinking anything? Yo. Yeah, I'm, I'm just on the, uh, the naturals. Oh, nice. This is my go-to, man. Like, I'm all about these giant liters of, uh, of the coconut water. It's got to be depressed. I mean, you know, I probably could mix it with a little uh, Malibu rum at some point. Mm. You know, yeah. just saying. Yeah. Well, I expect that to happen in the near future. Maybe yeah. not tonight, but... Next episode, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well. Oof. Game one, down. It was, it was something. The word <laughs> down is in there. Right, right. <laughs> um... It's in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be like super hyperbolic because I don't think that serves us any purpose. I also don't want to like undersell a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Phoenix is going to do that to almost everyone who goes into that stadium this year. Yeah, they should. Uh, mm-hmm. So as far as like the playoff picture, like looking big picture, it's not the end of the world because everyone else in our division is probably going to lose at home to Phoenix at least once. So you're not, you're not seeding. This isn't going to Las Vegas and losing to Las Vegas. This isn't even going to Sacramento and losing to Sacramento. Like not to make excuses and make, but just putting a big picture on it before we like get into like the detail of what we didn't like, but just a big picture it. um, This is not the worst loss in the history of the team. For sure. What is? It's the um, worst loss of the season. It is. <laughs> because we've only had one game. So Correct. Um, let's see. Worst loss of the season last oh, year. Oh, you got a package, Chris. Oh, dang. What, what is that? What a hey. nice unboxing. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. It's tripping me out because I swear the other one looks like this, but it doesn't. No, it's the colors. It's the colors. It's the colors. Yeah, I love it. Right. <laughs> and I'm wearing my purple. You can't really see my purple gold goalie jersey. Ooh, can't really see it, but nice. And Very of nice. course, the the Doge Queen hat. But it's another story. Ooh, got that. <laughs> got that awesome scarf. Yeah. So, uh, Marissa, what was it like actually being there to witness Ooh, yeah. those shenanigans? Um, I feel like Friday was a foreshadowing of what was going to happen at the game. Um, I had a really good time getting up at at 6 a.m. after having about four and, hour, four and a half hours of sleep. No, I got up at five, four hours of sleep. 
Um, hi, Jason. Uh, he's on here. We can still go 31 and one. Yes, you're right. We can. Um, four hours of sleep. You know, uh, my friend Diane came with me. Um, she is uh, a good friend of mine. So, you know, always down for road trips. So uh, we took the the road out to Zona and um, I got a speeding ticket. What? Yeah. Get the heck out of here. My first speeding ticket of my life. Um, yeah, I should have told you. They like to sit on there with a the little dummy, yeah, dummy vans. And it's the end of the month, and I should have known because you know, got to get that quota. Um, oh, so how fast were you going? I got it. <laughs> he said he clocked me at eighty nine and in a seventy, but he gave me a ticket for seventy one, and I think it's because you know me. I don't no, know. I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. Um, I was. We were just super nice, and I was going fast, so I didn't. I didn't argue with him. Like it was just like, okay, yeah, okay, give me a ticket. Uh, funny. This is a funny thing. Like two hours into our trip, like of course I'm gonna get a ticket. Like ha ha ha. Great way to start my weekend. Um, and then uh, the rest of the weekend was really cool. But um, you know, the game. The experience. I'll talk about the um, the stadium itself and just all of that. Um, shout out to Phoenix Rising staff. They were really accommodating in terms of, you know, communication and, and really getting there. Um, the uh, on-site staff was really nice. Um, they didn't even have my name on the list, but I showed her the email that I had with the Phoenix Rising people, and they, you know, they just wrote up a wrote up a, a pass for me, thankfully, because that would have sucked, you know, to get a speeding ticket, go to the game and not even be allowed. You know, I, I'm, I'm worried about that, you know, because it's still, it's still, you know, the USL, right? You, um, got, that, you got that, you know, you got that um, admittance thing going on. Do you remember when you told us about that story last year when you went to a match across the pond and then all of a sudden, like, mm -hmm. you had a, a ticket yep. thing, uh, uh, admittance yep. entrance thing happen the yep. same way? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but good karma, I guess, for all. Keep the going good. though. Keep going. I want to hear more. Yeah. So I just um, I had to refill my champagne, but um, yeah. So I I just got in. They ended up, you know, giving me the the pass. Thankfully, um, really nice, like clean area stadium. They had like turf on the outside, like so you could do like uh, practice, uh, I guess practice matches, you know, kick arounds and stuff like that. Um, all the vendors were really nice and they had like alcohol, like Jack Daniels stand, which was really cool. I was like, Oh, and one of the hashtags on the vendor was like, hashtag Jack lives here. And I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to like flip that on them. You know, like Jack Metcalf or Jack Blake, like that would be awesome. Like I took a picture of it. Like, Oh yeah, I'm totally going to be like, yeah, sure. Jack Blake totally lives here. You know, um, anyways, that didn't happen. Um, but that, you know, experience, Banditos, you know, had their thing. Um, clean stadium, nice. It didn't seem like there was 50% there. It seemed like there were more. Like, the, just the vibe was really good. You know, everyone masked up. Like, it didn't, you know, I know it's Arizona, and, like, <laughs> there's, like, this, you know, stigma with, like, people from Arizona that don't wear masks and stuff like that. But everyone was wearing masks, and... It was hot. It was like 95, 97 at like kickoff time. So like just 
wearing the jersey and the mask. And, you know, it was a lot to deal with. Um, but it was fine. I saw um, walking by, you know, all red and black. Cool. Nice experience. Um, weird. I was just wearing my uh, my women diverse voices in sports uh, shirt because it was neutral and I didn't want to be um, trying to fight anyone. <laughs> you know, I'm there to represent <laughs> Fairpot, right? So um, I saw um, someone wearing a local scarf with their mask and a hat on walking by. And I was like, I think that's Steve. I think that's Steve. So I'm like, Steve, see, like yelling out, like, can't hear me. And then he turns around and I see the back of his, his Jersey that he's wearing it says local one. I was like, yeah, that's Steve. So I yelled louder and um, I saw him. And then he went up to see Jordan and Darren, like in the press area. And uh, it was cool. It was a really nice stadium. I saw one other local uh, from AOSD, David Chamberlain. And I think that's it. I didn't see anyone else um, that may have traveled, um, but really nice. No one really gave me anything. Obviously I wasn't wearing local stuff. Lo My friend was wearing the the scarf you're wearing, Chris, because um, she didn't, she ended up getting a ticket. She was not planning to go. So she got a ticket last minute, the, like the only one that you could buy. So she was sitting, um, she was sitting like half midfield. Nice, nice stadium. Um, as far as, you know, that was all pregame and, and Banditos was, um, I don't know if they had, a, like, not enough people in their section or not, but when they had their TIFO up, they had to, like, hold it up with strings. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, you can't just hold it up with your hands. So Was this the Star Wars one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That they recycled okay. for today? Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> Um, but you know, I had no interest in, in meeting any of them because they've never, never really been that open and, and, you know, I guess welcoming to, to San Diego fans. And I don't know if that's a side effect of all the crap that they talk on uh, to, you know, the locals, but you know, I had, I didn't, I wasn't meeting up or really seeing anyone from Phoenix rising except for people and staff like Ashley and, um, you know, that's it. And then the game started. So how was, was cool. their, uh, what was their, how was their supporter dynamic as far as like the chants and songs and stuff like it, as far as you going to like other matches, well, how would you fare um, that? Well, like, I think their second chant was like, we love you. We love you. And I was like, Oh hell no. Like, I hate that chant. It's the worst <laughs> chant ever. Um, so I was like, nah, you know, like, it to me like I don't know if it's because I go to Sholos matches, like it to me it was like a low key like, um what are those guys from Sholos? Um, Mas Mascara was it Mascara? La yeah I don't know whatever the guy the guys in Sholos they like take off their shirts and like they're they're like super <laughs> into like chanting like it's just the red and black just totally like sh shifts me into Sholos mode and. It wasn't. What? That. Yeah. And they have uh, they have indoor bathrooms now, or yes, at least like trailer porta potties. They don't have porta potties anymore, which is nice. Yeah, the the bathroom. I only used the bathroom like twice because obviously I wasn't drinking, so like I didn't need to like go crazy. But but it there wasn't anyone there when I went in, so I don't know if it was they had an abundance of those because. 
I think there was a few next. So the experience wasn't, didn't feel like there was so many people next to me, but. Yeah. That's, that stadium really comes off as a really cool spot and mm-hmm. I can't wait to go watch a match there. Cause it seems like it's yeah definitely a improvement over their previous stadium. Um, yeah. And I'm all so, about sports experiences. So it was just kind of like nice to, to be there and be present for that. For sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, the game, do yes. we need to talk, how, how much time do we want to spend on this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will, I'm going to say like my one bright light and you probably all will echo that. And that my bright light is Trey Muse. Um, as much as I, hated playing from the back like i was like is this fucking arsenal or what like this is like ridiculous i'm like do not play from the back it gets me nervous and then like that first i think the first exchange from the back was like almost a goal or like the first two and i was just like this is really happening and um yeah but besides that i think um he he saved probably four extra goals that that Phoenix would have had. So uh, I'm going to, you know, that's why I'm rocking the, the goalie Jersey uh, today. So I'm going to give yeah. it to him. You know, that that's my bright spot for the, for the game. I think everything else was, I mean, obviously we, you can listen to all the recaps of all the matches and it was just disjointed. You know, it didn't look like they were meshing at all. Like, I don't think I've seen that from loyal ever. I mean, to, to really even dive into just the thing that was interesting to me was that, I mean, they were letting the shots fly from outside the 18. I mean, it was, it was, I think the way you want your team to play, you want them to take some awesome shots. Like they didn't even really bother to try to dial all of those in, you know, cause it's, it's a different dynamic. If you think about this Phoenix team, they don't have junior Flemings. It's not, you know, they're not dismantling teams and getting down into their, 60-yard box and such. It's like they were taking the shots from outside. Why? Because they probably thought they had obviously more range there. You know what I mean? And if you think about it, the shots they were hitting off of Trey Muse's hands, like he was making a good stop, but then there was someone right there for that second ball, and they obviously had been practicing the second ball. And it wasn't right away that he conceded goals. There were some times where he, you know, had cat-like reflexes off of the six. You know, on the, I mean, sorry, right there, you know, at the lip of the goal box. And there's like a Phoenix rising person, like, like literally at the 11, you know what I mean? So it was essentially just like, he was really fast and you saw it. You're like, okay, well, this guy's, you know, he's got Cadillac reflexes. He's fast. He's, he's saving things. So then in the beginning, you know, the players are shooken up. They're like, man, this guy is just stopping everything. So they started shooting from outside, you know, it was interesting. Yeah, you can't fault him on some of these goals when you, I mean, you might be able to say, like, maybe you should have put that rebound out to a different spot. But I think with, you know, that first goal, essentially, you're you're putting it out into traffic no matter which way you go. Uh, It just happened to fall to Bacaro, who scores an absolute, you know, stunning, like, most of the time a guy tries to do that in the USL, it's, like, above the post, it's well wide. I mean, sometimes you got to tip your cap to, you know, a great, great shot. Uh, same thing that happened the second goal, a good save, and then another rebound that they were able to tap in. Um, 
the third their third goal wasn't necessarily a bat a, a save and a rebound, but it was another like kind of a little bit of a blunder, a, a bad giveaway. You're mm-hmm. scrambling, you don't mark your guy. Um, so I, I think from the most part, Muse is making great saves and is going to keep the team in the game for as much as he can. But mm-hmm. he also needs the defense to come in and you know to borrow a, a mighty ducks reference you got to clean up the trash right yeah. you got to get in there and you got to clean up the trash and hopefully you know maybe maybe uh, ld and nate miller are running some of those drills where they bring in the trash and put it in front of the goal and they <laughs> kick it out i just you know you sometimes you get a guy where you, he just beats you to the ball and that's you, mm-hmm. what are you going to do off of a rebound but some of them it did, did look like they were the the third and fourth people to react um mm-hmm. I think Trey Muse's best save is one that doesn't count because it was on it was an offside where he like mm. flicks his left foot out to make a save. I'm like, that is yes. unreal. Yes, yes. Unreal. Yeah. So it's like you have a keeper that's going to make saves like that. You have got to have his back. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what it boiled down to is this de- the defense. Uh, I mean, the offense wasn't great either, but ultimately no. the defense we'll looked like <laughs> they didn't know how to work with each other. Yeah. People were stepping wrong times. People were stepping to the wrong guys. It seemed like they weren't really communicating very well to each other. And, you know, when you have two, essentially two brand new center backs to the system, mm-hmm. um, Stoneman goes down, you know, early at the end of the, or late in the first quarter, ha- quarter, half. Oof. I'm watching a little <laughs> bit too much hockey. Um, Damn. <laughs> but, like, it forces you into a change that you probably don't want to have. But mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. It wasn't that left side that was the problem. It was that right side, mm-hmm. and um, the space wasn't picked up when Metcalf went high. Uh, they were really exploiting that space, and you give Santi Moore that much space, he's gonna mm-hmm. make you pay. Yeah. Um, like he's. That's the thing about Phoenix is some of these teams you can be like, that's the goal scorer, so we're gonna build the system to keep him. But and you're fine, usually fine. But Phoenix has the ability now with you know asante on the right and more on the left and then you have Bacaro and quinn with you know lambert all kind of swapping in that middle you stop the ed you go wide to stop the edges now you open up your center for these really awesome you know attacking midfielders to take over and that's not even counting you know rufat datashov at the top like they're gonna beat you they're gonna score goals because you try to focus on one side they're gonna okay well let's we'll move it over here because we can beat you over here too Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to you want to p- play wide? All right, we're going to beat you in the middle. And I just don't think we were kind of moving uh, to to answer those questions that Phoenix was asking. They were asking, mm-hmm. and we were like nowhere to be found. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't really move in a fluid motion. I mean, anytime that they were on the attack, you know, it was like they just gave up the middle so much. Like it's just the balls in the middle there. Oh my gosh! So Alan is like keeping us up to date with the uh, Los Dos uh, LAFC, or should we call it LAFC, or I'm uh, sorry, Las Vegas Lights, LAFC 2, essentially, score. Before I came on this, I mean, it was, what, nil-nil at halftime, and now it's like straight 5 nil, Los Dos, just killing it. And they were taking some chances in the first half. So the gaffers obviously, you know, spoken into them and said, hey, get it on frame. Um, so goalkeeper positive any other positives that we want to kind of take away from Um, I don't want to 
dwell on the negatives because yeah. it's super easy to. But what else? What, oh. uh, was there anything else that seemed to go at least I am, all right? I'm a positive person. Y'all know this. Like, I am. But that was a shit show. And I am <laughs> happy. I'm positive. And in, in the if we want to shine light, I'm happy that it happened game one versus towards the end of the season when it's like must win. We need to win this to get to the playoffs because you make those mistakes now. I feel like, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it's adjusted tomorrow when they play RGB. Um, if it's the same system, if it's the same messy things that they're doing, you know, not getting second balls. I feel like I also noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like to me had like so many more, so much more control in my opinion. Like, yeah, we didn't get into the box and there weren't, there's what, how many less than five shot, like three shots total, like one shot on goal. Um, but I feel like when I was watching him last season like he was very much like um alex it will be like he got the ball and he was just like i don't know what i'm gonna do here we go you know and then you know but he he seemed to me be a lot more like when he had the ball he seemed to be more aggressive with it um i'd obviously have to watch have him on camera like the whole time to really know but like i just got that feeling so it's a good sign that all of this crap happened game one. Um, sucks that it's against Phoenix, but that's really my take on it. Well, and you being there also, um, they obviously, they they did some things to kind of commemorate like standing in unison, right? Against mm -hmm. like homophobia mm -hmm. and, and any of that. So, yes. I mean, what, what was it like? you know, from your perspective being there, like, I mean, I know I think someone made some comment on Twitter, like, oh man, I don't see any pride stuff over here, but I know that they had the flags that they like auctioned off, right? And some armbands mm -hmm. that they were wearing, but. Yeah. Um. Well, I think Warren was a little buzz, so that was kind of funny. I don't know if you guys <laughs> knew that, but like when he was talking over the thing, it was kind of funny. Um. No, I didn't get a sense of like, Arizona like what they portray in like general media like oh these people are hate hateful and stuff like that but no I didn't see anything specific that stood out where it was like outside of what they did in on um on the field at, at halftime and stuff like that like there was not like an overly excessive representation of the flag or anything like that but there wasn't the other way around either where I felt, and I also didn't hear the the goalkeeper chant. You know that we're not supposed really? to say. I heard it maybe like, uh, very faintly, like from. Obviously, because like when Trey Muse was on, um, you know, the first half he was on the Bandito side. So, but I was on the other side, on the other goal, like near the press area, which was in like the other goal area. So in the corner, so I couldn't really hear. And I could have walked around, but it was just really hot. I was trying not to do excess steps. I did hit 12,000 steps on Friday, and that's with also driving five and a half hours. So, Did you count your steps while you are driving? Because I would have. No. <laughs> no, Chris. <laughs> yabba dabba doo. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, Harry, we're running, we're running at an incredible rate of speed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was really fun and I wish you guys were were there like it would have been way way cooler to have um you know even I saw Steve obviously and Darren and Jordan and, and a few people from loyal staff but you know it was just different because the last loyal experience we had was like tons of people and then it's like two people <laughs> it's just like complete extreme so yeah that's my take nice um any final thoughts from this Phoenix match, Chris? Um, yeah, just, I mean, really, it's, you know, my, my, I think my final thought is, okay, it's the first match, right? And um, obviously, Phoenix showed up, and that's crazy because their preseason, they really weren't showing up. So it kind of just is like, did they just kind of, were they just, did they just kind of get lucky? Was San Diego, was it more about like, hey, you know, like we need to put this down? You know what I mean? You just maybe, I mean, because Phoenix was getting beat by San Diego last year. San Diego had their number. So, you know, maybe that was maybe that was something they needed to do. Maybe, you know, they had an edge on them, right? Like it never really happens with Phoenix. Final thoughts, though, really is just I don't think the next time will be like that. Um, obviously, I think the guys will kind of have some a little bit more chemistry and a little bit more of a, a plan together. And, you know, I think that we'll see, like, you know, a little bit of the balance. So. Yeah, what about I don't want to say it's like a blessing in disguise when you get punched in the face early. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I mean, like you don't want to ever be like, well, it's, you know, it's great. We had this happen to us this early because it's like, I mean, it's never great to have this happen to you. Like you, San Diego has, has positioned themselves and hyped themselves to be this, like, we're going to go and we're going to try for the championship. And like, this is the goal for the season. And I am all on board for that because if you're not trying to win the championship, then what are you doing? Right. Um, unless you're, you know, a two team and I get it. Like there's some different things there, but still like, I, I do believe LA galaxy Two They're trying to win a championship. Right. So to say like, Oh no, we're just going to try to make the playoffs. It's like, come on. Like, we know what you're about. We know what you're after. You brought in these guys, you sign all these players, you have a talented, talented roster. So the expectation is that you show up for every game. Now, the reality is, over a 32-game season, the team's going to shit the bed from time to time. Like, teams have bad days. Hopefully, this is what that was. Hopefully, this was, like, we just had a bad day. Like, four or five of our guys were just, it just didn't work. Like, what we tried and what we were ready for just didn't work. And I think there's some value in that, um, that this coaching staff and this team in the past has shown when it's not going right, we're willing to adjust and make changes and bring people in or bench people or move people around until we figure it out. And so I still have faith that we're going to figure this thing out, that maybe, you know, what you're asking the players to do now, they don't quite get 100% because a bunch of new guys are fitting into key spots. And maybe there's not that comfortableness in that complex form that we're running, right? Right. So I am hopeful that we'll figure it out. That's why I'm like, I'm not down. I was like a little bit sad the first night, a little bit sad the second night. But in the big picture, it's I want to see what the team looks like tomorrow 
or today if you're listening to this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I want to see is some marked improvement, some more communication, uh, a little bit less uh, sloppiness in the backside. And I think this team can figure out. I They've shown us that they'll do this. They've done it in the past. So now they got to show us that that wasn't a one-off. That wasn't a fluke. That wasn't we happened to get Rubio Rubin and he went off and that's why we won. Like, and and I have faith that they're smart enough people that it wasn't just an MLS caliber player going off for a couple of weeks and carrying the team on their back. It was that guy in this system. And we have those guys. We just got to fit them into the system. Fuck so yeah. I have a question for you. You feel like the system is going to. I mean, I guess we'll see tomorrow. Like, is the system going to stay? Do you think the system can fit based on your knowledge of the existing players? Or do you feel like we're going to switch it up, like, in terms of the formations and stuff like that? I mean, I mean, I think there's there's an opportunity to. I mean, we saw in a 16-game season there was a distinct shift from the first half to the second half. Uh, from like a really, really legit three man back line with Elijah Martin and um, Jack Metcalf not in that back three. Uh, and the second half of the season, they moved to Elijah Martin and uh, Elijah Martin being in that back three um, and kind of moving to a back four with Metcalf dropping back. I, I, they have the horses to do it, it's just tweaking the system to fit the guys you have. I don't think it's going to look the same as it did at the end of last season because they're not the same players. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to it's it, we're going to see another evolution of this is the framework of what we do and then we're going to make some adjustments and tweaks within that framework to fit the guys on the pitch. Because I do think, you know, as as great as uh Jack Blake is, as great as Corey Herzog is and Nikki Jackson are they're not Rubio or Bean and Miguel Berry. They're going to play differently. They have different strengths. Yeah. They have different weaknesses. And so you got to kind of keep tweaking that kind of midfield forward and, you know, wing back guy to mm-hmm. find that system that works for the players and their strengths. And I think that yeah. they can do that. And you'll see some tweaks along the way as far as who goes when and who goes where and how that rotation works. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to go back to a straight three back system like they started at the beginning of last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But who knows? I, I am I am one one millionth of, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, one one millionth of the intelligence of Nate Miller. So I'm I'm sure he can figure it out. And yeah, Jerry, we were ta- we were talking about that. I had it on the side screen. Just it was like update four nil, update five nil, like just a Ugh. beat down. I can't wait to watch that half of the the match after this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think also. Um, I think they said this on on the Loyal Locals podcast, uh, like Yaro or someone. I don't know. Oh no, it was the the USL Tactics guy. I don't know if you listened to that podcast, but like they were saying that you know Yaro had just joined the squad like a week before officially. So I wonder how much time he had to like really understand the system and mesh, and that obviously plays into it. Um, and how much of the preseason was actually, okay, this is our game plan for game one and going forward, let's keep tweaking it, let's keep playing it. Or is it, okay, we played all these preseason games, now this is game one, and how many times did they actually do that, 
right? To get comfortable in it. So we still it'll be interesting. Up their fitness too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Since that's, I mean, that's the joy of preseason. I feel like we can make. I understand hide, hiding certain things from like the preseason, but it is, you know, we don't really know until we see like a handful of games or matches to really evaluate how the system is working or if they're making adjustments. And it sucks that that had to happen on that first match where we were all waiting for, for a long time, you know? So. Well, one of the great things about uh, losing a match is uh Rebounding from a match. And I think yes. while we're talking about rebounding, we should talk about RGV. Nice transition, Chris. Awesome. <laughs> we're in mid-season form here, folks. Yes. Um, yeah, so RGV played New Mexico United to a 1-0 victory. Um, Chris, you want to uh, give us the Cliffs notes of that match? Yeah, I mean, RGV, you know, celebrating their independence, if you will, and... Uh, you know, no pun intended, but I mean, like they were celebrating their independence from, uh, from Houston Dynamo essentially. So they go out there, you know, and they're just hungry, man. I mean, they got Rodrigo Lopez, obviously, you know, him from Sacramento and he's definitely still got his form, you know, definitely, definitely stepping in there, but they also got El Puma out there. You know, they've got, uh, just a number of different players you could highlight. What was interesting about RGV is that last season they only scored like 17 goals, and in the off season they essentially offloaded like two or three dudes that were in charge and uh, responsible for like nine of those goals. So it was kind of like, where are the goals going to come from, you know? But of course, you know, Wilmer Cabrera brings in, you know, some guys with experience. You got El Puma. You got. You know, um, again, like I said, you've got him, you've got uh, Rodrigo Lopez, you've, you've got different different players that have come in. So watching that match, it was basically just like are, they were just in the right spaces. I mean, they advanced the ball well as a, as a squad. Um, you know, New Mexico conceded 14 corners, so essentially they had a lot of opportunity uh, to put the ball in dangerous places, in which they did. Um and, you know, I mean, the goal they scored, it, I mean, it's one of those goals where it's like, look, like it deflected off of a player, Kalen Ryden, who stood in the way. It bounces off him, takes a weird spin and goes in the, in the net. Like there's just no, like, you know, it's not really a skill shot at that point. It's just one of those lucky things that happens. And, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, New Mexico was trying to obviously figure out their midfield situation. They put so much emphasis on it in the offseason. So essentially it's obviously they're trying to figure out their chemistry. So RGV got really uh RGV, yeah, he wasn't in the 18, but he's on the squad though. Um but like uh ultimately like RGV just just got just really lucky. They're real confident and they just you know put it away. But that was basically it. Yeah, I've been I've been warning folks that RGV is a really tough stadium to get to and to travel to, and for some reason, like weird things just happen when you play RGV. Um, I've seen teams that are on like win streaks almost lose win streaks, or you know, a six game winning streak, and they're on the road in RGV, and you think they're gonna roll over them, and it, it's like a one one draw. Here's like weird things happen, but I think it's gonna be a good test. Uh, maybe not as quite of a dynamic team as Phoenix is, 
Uh, but definitely, I think a little bit better than they were, uh, than their record would uh, tell us at the end of last season. Um, I think maybe New Mexico took a step back um, as far as where they are right now. Uh, they, uh, weren't their, they weren't their high flying offensive selves. Yeah. I mean, you lose, you lose personnel, right? It's right. It's like this thing, the Tuckman model, right? Like storming, farming, norming, right? So essentially, every time you add new personnel or take away personnel, you're you're kind of back in this sort of storming stage, you know, and until you can norm, you know, which is like the next part. So you, you have to have that transition and, you know, that's basically it though. So it's like, they're still obviously trying to find their legs. Um, RGV, they don't definitely have it together. I mean, you know, their pundits will say they don't have it together. They really just, you know, got the ball in some places, you know, I mean, that shot was, Literally, like to go back to Mighty Ducks, right? That's either off the post, inside or outside. I'm just saying, right? Right, right. No, I, I, I do want to caveat not saying that RGV is going to win that group by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I do think that there is a competitiveness in RGV that make them a tough team to be at home. Um, I do think that that group is going to stun you, right? Because, I mean, I I think that RGV, Real Monarch, and and Switchbacks, you know, maybe you would think, oh, okay, well, these teams, you know, from how they did last season, you know, this makes that division somewhat easy. But, I mean, each of those teams really is subscribed into that academy system and to the idea of bringing in younger players. And they are dialed in, you know, obviously – Switchbacks are getting stuff from the Rapids bit, right? Um, Real Monarchs are definitely, you know, they got just a ton of youth on that team that are all trying to vie for first team minutes, you know. And then, of course, you know, RGV has got a pretty young young squad as well. So, I mean, you know, much of these divisions, you know, and even even this one, you know, with with in the West, you seeing these teams tie in the first the the academy products or these young players pretty soon think about how it's going to look like about three or four years from now. No, for sure. And I think, um, I think Rio Grande is going to, uh, Valley is going to benefit from not having that strict connection to Houston Dynamo. I think that did them a lot of disservice, um, as far as, uh, developing talent and being able to bring in who they want to bring in. Um, essentially if you're kind of watching the, um las vegas lights twitter today it's like hey we loaned down these like fourteen thousand players uh, and you knew it was coming right with 11 people signed and two of them are keepers like you're going to get a lot of loanies and that comes with you know a little bit of taxation on the team and i think rio Grande valley really suffered from that uh lack of connection and lack of it almost like they felt like we have to have this so whatever here you go Like, if you look at, like, how much love that team got when they first started, like, they were bringing in tons of people to those soccer matches. And then it just kind of slowly declines because even players are coming out, like, very frustrated that they weren't given the opportunity to move up to the first team. And that changes, like, the ability of people who want to sign. Like, if I'm going to sign for a USL team that has an MLS attached, I want to know that I'm going to be able to move up and work hard and move up to that first team. Whereas, you know, uh, RGV was on the bad side of that relationship. Um, and I think that this is going to help them be better. 
because they can bring in the talent that they want to bring in. Um, and, and I think that, you know, RGV will go from like a two win team to, you know, a team that can start building toward a team that starts making the playoffs. I don't think that's out of the question for them. I don't think it's happening right now, but that independence is going to give them uh, the ability to kind of grow back to where they were. Cause I do think RGV can be a, a fun thing for their community. Like they put that social media thing that they put out, like, talking about what it's like to be in the Valley. And it's like this mix of cultures and languages. And like, it, I was like, they know their community really well and they know how to speak to their community really well, because it's going to be, I mean, I am hopeful that that team can start doing that area. Well, uh, proud um, because they have in the past. Um, yeah, 12 shots on goal, or 12 shots, four on goal for RGV, 10 shots, two on goal for New Mexico. So kind of open, you know, they had their opportunities. Uh, both teams did. Um, so San Diego's going to have their opportunities as well. Um, yeah, judgment day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Like, finally, like, a match, like, right after another one. like In the middle of nowhere, yeah. the bottom of somewhere. Um, all right. How do we think, uh, tomorrow is, or today, later today, if you're listening to tomorrow, uh, how do you think tomorrow is going to go for, uh, San Diego loyal? Well, um, Marissa, wait, I wait. Go to, what? Oh, I was going to go right. to Marissa because we haven't heard from her in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. Do you want to? No, we could do that. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Marissa, um, hit, it. hit us with it. Hit it. I think we're going to do, um, three, one loyal. This is different. This is different. I don't know. I don't normally. Uh, I don't normally. That's not my prediction. Like normal, I always do two one, right? So speed tickets get you lofty. I think the. I know, right? Um, <laughs> anyone wants to help? You know, uh, Venmo at hashtag Marissa. You know, cool. Um, no, pay that cool. bill in Doge. Yeah, right. I could. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I'm going to use my dog money. Um, uh, <laughs> have you guys heard that rap? Anyways, this is like, we're, we're getting off the topic. I, um, I feel there's a chip on the shoulder of Loyal. I have this, this sense that like, that was a shit show. We need, we're, we're better than this. We are great players. We need to come out there and like actually play like how we're supposed to. So I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's going to be that I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how travel works for people. I don't know if they've meshed in these last, you know, I don't know if they had off day. Like, I really don't know. Cause you know, they were in Arizona. I tried to link up with a few people, not the players, but like the staff and just see like what was going on you know, they were focused on tomorrow or later today, depending on when you're listening to this on the Thursday match. So um, I just have a good feeling and uh, I guess I'll manifest it. So we'll see about that. What do you think? What do you think about that? (laughs) What do you got, Chris? She's got that style. Uh, You know, honestly, before, like earlier this, earlier this evening, this is going to preface my comment, but earlier this evening, I hopped on the RGV down in the Valley podcast. I was watching it. And, uh, and of course, I don't know if you if you saw maybe one of Harry's 
responses or comments on the internet. I don't know if you were going to go to that. Were you, were you going to talk about that at all? Probably not. So like... <laughs> Alan's face is like, oh. Well, oh, by the way, you got to watch the live stream. We are live. So, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. So it's basically okay. like the, the very end of their podcast. It's like they're really hoping that the chant doesn't come out um they they heard it once through this last match against new mexico united and they're really just worried that someone at the stadium is just gonna just mess it up they hope that it doesn't happen they hope that you know that that the front office or someone from the team whoever it is will come out put something about it they said they haven't really seen any sort of message or anything come out I mean, as I'm speaking right now, I haven't really looked at my Twitter, so I don't know if something's dropped out. But essentially, they're just hoping that it gets somewhat publicly addressed, you know, or prefaced before the match happens. But, you know, I'm obviously I hope that that doesn't happen, you know. But I think there's some thought that San Diego would walk off if that chant happens. And they think... Like it's a, it was a weird dynamic because I think they were like, well, we obviously hope it doesn't happen, but you know, at the same token, you know, there was some thought that somehow there would be a forfeit that like you know the San Diego would would would, would walk off at that time and the RGV would as a byproduct. Did we lose Chris? Yeah, we, we lost, lost Chris. Him. We'll get him back. I'll be your background. His laptop probably. There died. he is. Wait. No, I'm, oh, wait. I'm here. I'm plugged okay. in. Okay. All right. It was just it was just a weird series of comments that kind of were in the same bubble with each other. One was like, you know, mm. the idea that the team would walk off if they heard the chant. The other was the idea that some way there might be like a an RGV like two wins two game win streak somehow. Yeah, this would be a little bit different. I think this is a little bit different than a player you know, abusing another player on the pitch. I think there's some things that you can do uh, in the meantime, uh, whether that's, you know, I I think that there are enough people there that can, you know, help police the system. Uh, I, this is one of those conversations that I think, um, you know, our friend Cesar wrote about how they eliminated it in LAFC. Uh, It's just going to take this vigilance from everyone involved to like, Hey, this is not all right here. Like, that's not how we do it here. And like, you can have your own thing at your own place and you do you, but don't do you like that here. Right. So I think that there's some things that we can, um, I think as groups and, and supporters groups and fans of the club and people who are around that, uh, can do their due diligence and be like, I mean, obviously, don't confront somebody if you do not know them, right? Like, (laughs) don't put yourself in a position to, like, that's not, like, there are people whose that is their, like, job to do that. And I think that's what, um, (laughs) uh, I think that's just, I think they're just saying, like, if this happens, is San Diego going to walk off like they've done before? And we respect them for that, but that would mean that, the other thing with that question would be: Was RGV staying on the pitch? If that's what Loyal was doing, or would they walk off together? Like you, you would think that the 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 I've always wondered that. Like the players, you would think that they would walk off, right? Because 
they obviously showed last season they were against racism, right? And that they're against these other things, you know? So you would think that when they hear that, that they would do something in response to that, you know? I mean, if that's their team's vocation, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And then you, you, you just hope that RGV does the same thing. Like, we'll, we're not going to play until this either stops or those people are asked to never come back. Um, so it, it would be weird to me if only one of the teams decided that was the course of action. Um, and I know that the the supporters groups and the, the folks who are talking about it, they're obviously talking about it to raise awareness and kind of put it out yeah, there. They and, definitely, and to, yeah. yeah, they definitely were. I mean, the president of the Stampede was on the podcast too. So, I mean, essentially, like, they they really hope it doesn't happen. And I'm pretty sure that as they watch that match, there's going to just be that little bit of a, you know, that little bit of something hanging out, like, by their head, just hoping that they can go a full 90 and then some without hearing that. But right. they had almost gotten through the New Mexico game before they did. But, yeah, just like what Jerry's comment was, like, it's like, yeah, no, it's not the supporters. They don't hope that that happens, like you were addressing. I just, you know, they just wondered, like, would the team walk off and hence that's what would happen? Or would the team keep playing, you know? Or would RGV address it, you know? So, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. But, you know, so I can segue and say that I, I think that Loyal – I, I don't I don't know if it's a three one win per se because I mean no oh, now your score prediction after all that sorry yeah yeah because I was prefacing my statement okay. with I, cool. I didn't know if it was coming up and I wanted to make sure that we that we said something about it because they definitely did care a whole lot on the other pod that that didn't happen and you know obviously like I said Harry's been retweeting like the idea of what he thought would happen or wouldn't happen. And so, you know, I wanted to put on our radar. Going into a score prediction, though, I don't think it's a 3-1. I think that, you know, Loyal still got, like, a little work to do. Um, RGV coming off of a win on a very, like, good side, so to say, I do think that their confidence is going to be high. Um, I think that, you know, if Loyal get the win, it's probably a 2-1 win. But I do think that RGV are like, they already got some momentum. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it too, is that kind of two, if we win, it'll be like a 2-1 win. Um, I would love to see a clean sheet. I'm not sure we're, we're there defensively to have a clean sheet. Uh, but I do think the offensive weapons are going to be good enough to uh, put some pressure on. And I think we have guys who can finish the ball. Um, Ben Spencer getting that goal, I think, is a huge thing for him. I know that was probably a a, a bug in his ear, if you will, of just not scoring last season. Um, so I think that first goal is going to be a huge weight lifted off his shoulders. I think there's an interview on the Loyal Twitter feed about that. Um, and I, I think that's going to help him. Uh, and then I think once you get Herzog and Jackson going, um, I think they're going to be tough to contain. I think we're just got to build the confidence we got to connect the midfield to the to the forwards and, and start feeding some balls into the box and allowing our guys to be dangerous. I think there was a couple opportunities against Phoenix. It wasn't like all doom and gloom. Uh, I think there was a couple of opportunities that looked real nice, like there was a two-meme opportunity that he put himself in a good position. Um, yes. There was kind of a two-on-one deal, I think. Um, it just didn't come off. I, I think there was some sparkle there. I think it was like faint. So I think, you know, with our pixie dust and our clapping, we got to bring the goal fairy back to life. 
Uh, and I think that we, I think we, we solve some issues. We heal some wounds. Um, we don't get away scot-free. Uh, but I think, you know, a, th- a three point, a three point on the road here is going to be really big for the early season. Um, yeah. So that's my score prediction. Yes. Um, Wait, what is it? 2-1. 2-1. Oh, 2-1. Wow, yeah, you yeah. guys are pulling my yep. my prediction. That's awesome. That'd be awesome if that actually happened. So. Uh, we do want to shout yes, out uh, Shavos and uh, the locals are doing a watch party at Second Chance Brewing. Yes. Um, it's kind of Rancho Bernardo area. Um, so check it out. We were there uh, last this past weekend. It's a good hang. I think last time they had everyone like they closed off the indoor section. The sound was on. It was a good time. I know the team's doing some stuff at Bluefoot. So there's stuff out and about to uh, go hang out with each other in outdoor or indoor, whatever you're comfortable with, uh, and go cheer on locals um, with the locals and Chavez de Loyal uh, at Second Chance. Um, the kickoff yes. is at 5, and so it's a little bit earlier. Um, if you've got to duck out of work early, maybe we can like work on some like excuses. Like I'll write an email. Like I'm your teacher, your kid is in trouble. We need to have a parent meeting right now at, at you know, four o'clock on a Thursday. So you have to leave work to go meet with your teacher. Yeah. Like I'll put it on some nice letterhead. We'll hook you up so you can be there at five. Three thirty because the traffic at f- and the fifteen is getting worse. So it is. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, as, as life gets a little bit back to normal, we wanted yeah. to you know shout that out and make sure people yes. knew that they're if they want to go watch with some friends, uh, some soccer friends, and a gr- some great community and supporters groups. And I'll be uh, at Bluefoot in, earlier in the day, so ooh. I don't know if I'll stay at Bluefoot or leave and go somewhere else. What's it going depends. on? What's going on? To, what happens on Thursday? Europa League. Oh, that's yeah, right, Europa League. Man, Man United. Do you play? Do Man United play tomorrow too, or is it just Arsenal? I know, right? I don't. I hope Man United <sighs> doesn't play because I don't need my match interrupted for forty minutes. You do? I, no, I don't. There, no, there are Man is already by through that. this. The Arsenal match is is more more going to be more entertaining. But you know what's more important? <laughs> Sorry, guys, but what? every time when a man when a Man United match is on, you know, the it, world falls asleep. No, no. No, damn it! No, it's nothing else matters. They they protest so the game doesn't happen. Oh, harsh, harsh. Where's your <laughs> where's your damn team at? Where's your damn team at this year? Still, still reigning <laughs> champions. Thank you very much, Man United. Oh, fans. At least, uh, does you you were? Oh, do you, you guys have your shoes? Just make sure. I want, you have your shoes. Are we all good? You don't need to return any shoes. Throwing shoes on the field on the pitch. Oh. Whatever. Oh. Anyways, Anyways <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. That's for the uh, after show. Um, yeah, so you just want to shout out those watch parties um, and uh, get yourself there. Uh, if you're, I think it's uh, locals members. I'll have to look it up again. I know that they offer some discount for um, loyal fans. Um, I'm not sure if you need to be a member or of locals or not. Um, I, we can confirm that maybe if Jerry's still here. Uh, but I know that they, for locals, they do give uh, a dollar beer off of uh, pints still. Uh, so get on that deal. Um, it's a good hang. And um, hopefully we see you at a watch party soon. Um, Marissa, where can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me at hashtag Marissa on Twitter and Instagram. Where can I find you, Chris? You can find me at by Chris Walker on Instagram and Twitter. And Alan, why don't you wrap it up? Where can we find you? You can find me at a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines and probably my first name and last name on MySpace. I don't know. I haven't checked in a minute. <laughs> Ooh, live journal. I got to update my top eight. Shanga, Shanga, by the way. Okay, anyways, I'm showing my age. All right, guys, make sure you hit subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you're listening on Spotify, you know, this is always brought to you by the BGN FM. Thank you. Beautiful game. Are we out? We're out. We're out. Bye. 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 This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.